eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning Winning drive. Welcome back, everybody, to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, a.k.a. the NFL Chick. And I'm Cordell Woodland, a Ravens beat reporter for 1057 The Fan and host of Shaking It Up Sports on that same station. And thank you guys for joining in with us again, talking all things Ravens. As we'd like to talk about what's going on, as you know, the cuts have happened. The second round of cuts mm-hmm. have happened. Um, and some guys maybe you've heard of, some guys maybe you haven't. Most. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to say uh, most. I think, we, I think people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a guy the that I was actually are. rooting for, right? Um, that right. did not make that is on this list, but there the Ravens are down to 80. Um, the wide receiver, uh, Jalen Moore, Bailey Gaither, and Slade Bolden, those three are gone. Um, inside linebacker Diego Fago and offensive tackle Jarrett Jones Smith were all waived today. Um, Slade Bolden was actually a wave injured uh, player. And Gus Edwards, because they had to make six moves, Gus mm-hmm. Edwards was reserved to the pup list. So, um, Cordell, I'm curious to know, was there anybody on that list that you were like, mm, I thought that that person would at least have been here for, maybe they were going to get cut, but eventually that they would have stayed a little bit longer. Yeah, I honestly, I think that uh, Slade Bolden getting injured really was bad for him. It, it ended up, I think, being the thing that ultimately got him waved off this off this team, uh, I thought that Slade Bolden had an outside outside shot to make the team to begin with. He had a he's an undrafted free agent, so obviously it's going to be tough for these guys 
to make the team uh, the uh, the 53 man roster to begin with. But I thought Slade Bolden, as well as he was out, as long as he was out there, I thought he did pretty well. He, he did a good job catching passes. You never really saw the ball hit the ground with him. I thought that he uh, definitely gave them something in the special teams department, which we know goes a long way here on the Ravens. Um, but he was probably the only guy that that surprised me. I mean, Jalen Moore is a name, so you always get surprised when you see a position player, a skill player uh, guy cut that you recognize their name. But Jalen Moore, quite frankly, he just hasn't done enough. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't been making any – you haven't noticed him at all in the preseason games. And honestly, he had he didn't help himself – in the practices either uh, has his moments where he's dropping the, the balls on timing routes and in the timing routes are the simple quick outs. Like if you're not going to catch those, it, you're not going to last long in the league in general, right. let alone this team uh, with the Baltimore Ravens. So I was kind of surprised to see Slade Bolden. Now last week we did a exercise where I kind of guessed the next five guys to be yes. cut. Um, obviously I didn't shoot a hundred percent. Uh, I got Diego Fago and Jared Jones Smith right, uh, but the receivers all I, I, I didn't I didn't have those. I had Riley Webb on there, and then this is looking like Riley Webb <laughs> is one of the stars of preseason. So that's that's you know uh, change food. of heart. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 that's that's me. Fool, shame on me, I guess, for uh, doubting uh, Riley Webb, but. All in all, none of these cuts ultimately surprised me. Uh, even the Slade Boulder one, like I said, I thought he had an outside shot to make the team. Uh, Jalen Moore, he's, you know, I'm not surprised to see him cut after really not seeing much from him to this point in the year. Now, Gus Edwards being put on the reserve pup list, it does mean that he will be out for at least the first four games of the season. That's not surprising to me either. Um, I didn't really expect to see much of Gus at all yeah. uh, this year, but Harb spoke on Tuesday talking about, you know, he expects Gus Edwards to play quite a bit of football this year. And that was that was kind of eye opening for me. Um, and then if I'm a Ravens fan, I take that as a win. That's that that gives me a little more optimism than I had, say, a week ago in terms of seeing Gus Edwards this year. Um, so even still, we're looking at if we do see Gus Edwards is not going to be until the middle portion of the season. Um, but I, I think if you're able to get Gus Edwards back and a Gus Edwards, that's not just back enough to where he can suit up and he's just a guy out there. We're talking about him getting back to the Gus Edwards that we know. Right. If you can get that guy out there, that's a huge win for the Ravens. Yeah. and But I don't see that going Anytime soon. Right. Um, real quick before we talk about Gus, I do want to mention that I was rooting for Slade Bolden. I knew that he probably yeah. wasn't going to make the team. I know that he had an injury, uh, a, a history of injuries at Alabama, and then he also got hurt um, in the uh, preseason. As, I mean, excuse me, in training camp mm -hmm. as well. So I know he didn't make it, but there's some things about him that I really liked, and I was hoping that he would have an opportunity to, you know. Um, get some more reps and potentially make a name for himself for this football team. So the fact that he's uh, wave injured tells you all you need to know. It's probably the end of him and his tenure here. Back to Gus Edwards, though. I am really um, – my concern, Cordell, is – not knowing that Gus Edwards – okay, we get that Pup is four weeks. Right. You and I are both not confident 
that Gus Edwards will be available week. I mean, once week four comes and he's able to practice mm-hmm. for the three weeks that, you know, he will be good by week seven to right. play. We are not 100 percent confident in that. Um, the Ravens obviously brought in Mike Davis um, in the offseason, and he's been pretty decent that mm-hmm. we've seen in preseason. J.K. Dobbins, we know, is coming off of injury as well. But J.K. Dobbins, you know, they're saying he's going to play week one, but and he's practiced. But I've also seen him have a little bit of limp going on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm concerned about this Ravens running back group. Obviously, it's different from last year because it's not like, oh, my God, we don't know what to do. We lost both. You're we lost all of our guys. guys off the street. Right. And you're scrambling. But it just still feels like it's not necessarily a plan in place for if Dobbins is not is not ready, who is going to be the backup guy for Mike Davis yeah. if Dobbins is not ready to play week one? Well, at this point, you're looking at Tyler Beatty and Justice Hill being yeah. those two guys behind him. Um, and it's it's not great. <laughs> it's, it's not great. <laughs> what, OK, let everybody know, because obviously you you've been to training camp and you go to the practices. Mm-hmm. You've obviously seen some preseason games. What is your take on Tyler Beatty? And, you know, how do you view those and, and Justice Hill? Obviously, Justice Hill has been here quite right. a few years. But really, as Ravens fans, we really don't know yeah. um, much about Justice Hill because it's not like we've seen him in action a mm-hmm. ton. Um, but your, give us your takes on Beatty and Hill. I, I like Tyler Beatty. The Ravens were able to get him in the sixth round. You know, I, I looked at that as another value pick. This is a guy that was all SEC last year in, in Missouri. He's a smaller guy, but he has a ton of burst. He runs physical. Uh, and what I love most about him is he adds a dynamic that this Ravens offense, I believe, needs, which is a target out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. I think he gives them something in the passing game that none of the other running backs give them. Um, and I know J.K. Dobbins, it was, that was kind of the big hope for him going into last year right. was that he was going to be able to uh, add that dynamic to this passing game that they desperately need out of the backfield. Tyler Beatty gives them that option right away. We Even once J.K. Dobbins gets back, like we were saying about Gus Edwards, we don't know what J.K. Dobbins we're going to get. We don't know how quickly or how long it's going to take for him to get back to the Dobbins that we were seeing in his rookie year and the Dobbins we were expecting to see going into his second year. Yes. Um. So I, I, I'm i not necessarily going to sit here and act like I'm crazy confident about the running backs that they do have available to them. I thought Mike Davis did ran the ball well in yes. Arizona. Didn't have the numbers to back it up. I thought Tyler Beatty ran the ball well in Arizona. He, again, didn't have the numbers to back it up. He had the receiving touchdown out the backfield for three yards, but – I mean, I'm not going to knock him for getting it. I'm not, I'll never knock anybody for getting a touchdown, but it was kind of one of those. It's like, all right, I mean, he, if you don't catch that, I mean, you might, it's a seat for you up in the nosebleed section, uh, honestly. But I, I do like Tyler Beatty. Um, I haven't been crazy about Mike Davis, but I'll say Mike Davis is kind of starting to win me over a little bit these last couple yeah. weeks. I don't think he'll be great. I don't think he's a pro bowler. I don't think he's a thousand yard rusher, but I do think he's a guy that you can at least, if you're looking for a bruiser in this backfield, which Gus Edwards normally provides, assuming Gus Edwards won't be able to be that guy this year, Mike a- Mike Davis is a solid plan B as far as your power back. Now, the real question for me is, you know, will J.K. Dobbins even play week one? Right. I, I don't expect... Do- I- 
I still don't expect Dobbins to play week one, but I will say I have become a little more optimistic as we get closer. He is starting to stack days at practice. He hasn't had any setbacks. Um, I don't know if he participated in team drills on Tuesday. He was out there for the open portion uh, that the media got to see, but I don't know if he was involved in team drills. If he was, that was the first time he's been involved, uh, a full uh, participant in practice all offseason. So that'll be a huge step in the right direction for him. Do you think potentially Dobbins could be in a situation where he he doesn't start, but then he finds a way to be in – Play Part of that rotation. for week one. Yeah, like a rotational type of running back situation for week one. Possibly. Possibly. It's not the craziest thing yeah. I, I've, I've heard. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. If they, uh, it, it, But it's like, do you, if you're the Ravens, do you want to activate him and use a roster spot on him on game day for a guy that you're only expecting to get four to five carries? Yeah. You know, like, do, do you really want to use your, a, a roster spot on that, and I I don't know that the Ravens necessarily do. They That's need, a fair point. You know they they've got some depth issues at the wide receiver position. They've yep. got depth issues along the offensive line. They've got depth issues at the linebacker position. I I don't I don't know if they're going to want to you know give a spot to uh, J.K. Dobbins week one unless they fully believe that he's going to be a normal contributor for that offense. That's very true. And and obviously there's a couple of weeks left to figure out what the situation will be, but it is something that, you know, coaches I would have to assume are already thinking about as fans. You got to be a little bit concerned because we're getting closer and closer. We're under three weeks from Mm -hmm. week one. And so, you know, yes, we heard everything you said, JK Dobbins. If you listen to this podcast, we understand you were very upset with the media about, you know, saying that you won't be available. We ain't trying to be that. Please don't get on us about it. Okay. We're just saying that, you know, if, if there's a situation where you are not named the starter, what is the backup plan? Right. And I think that that's something, I think it's a fair question. I think it's something that you do have to consider um, because you, you're still starting the season without yeah. the two running backs that you didn't start with last year. And, and, and uh, honestly, Rita, I think when not just J.K. Dobbins, but when you look at a lot of these injured guys that were looking and wondering their status for not just week one, but for the, the season in general. Yeah. I'm of the mind, like, look, I don't want to force any of these guys out there earlier than you have to. You want these guys to be able to withstand what what comes uh, with playing a football game in the NFL. If you're J.K. Dobbins, you got to be able to take a hit from these big defensive linemen and be able to know that you can get back up. You got to be able to cut on that knee and and be able to know that your leg is just not going to give out on right. you, you know, in the middle of the play. So I, I, I think that it's, it's, it's going to take time, even once these guys get back, for them to get back to where they were. But it's good to see J.K. want to get out there. You see it. He's excited every time he gets on the field and practice. I know he wants to be out there. But sometimes you have to save these guys from themselves. Absolutely. You know, and these NFL players, these professional athletes, and I give them credit. I'd rather have to hold a guy back than try to get him up, you know, as opposed to certain guys in other sports. I'm a, I am I don't miss a moment to throw shade at Ben Simmons. We're talking football, <laughs> but I'm throwing shade at Ben Simmons. You know, that's a guy where you got to kind of big. Hurt. Whatever. 
what if my back hurt getting out of bed? I'm, I'm still out. Well, you like, don't play well, basketball. I don't play NBA basketball. <laughs> but still, I, I think it's a little bit of his back hurt and his feelings hurt yeah. a little bit okay. with that. But I, I would rather have a situation where you have a guy like just Gus. I mean, uh, J.K. Dobbins, who is fighting and clawing and banging on the desk to want to get out there, as opposed to having somebody else to where it's like you got to beg these guys yep. to to get up and try to get back and help their team. I appreciate the resiliency, and I appreciate you you wanting to be back on the field to contribute and help your teammates. Um, but I agree with you 110%. It has to be when you are ready to uh, be in 100% or very close to 100%. Mm-hmm. Don't get out there too prematurely and re-injure yourself potentially. We've already seen that with Ronnie Stanley. Yep. Please, let's not do this again from a running back perspective. Okay, before we get into our next topic, you got to remember to subscribe to Winning Drive wherever you listen to your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Cordell. So we obviously know that Demarcus Robinson um, is a guy that was picked up. Uh, I believe he was cut by the Raiders mm-hmm. uh, and and he was formerly with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yep. And um, the Ravens signed him to a one-year deal. Based on what the, the terms are, it appears that this is not going to be a cut situation. He will be on the active roster come week one um, or at least be here during the season. Yeah. Um, I don't know if people know much about uh, Demarcus Robinson, but I, I, I'm familiar with his style of play because he, he went to Florida. Yes, I am a Gator fan. And that's so, all you needed to do. Yeah, so you so to I'm a, a, a little familiar. <laughs> um, but you have a concern here in terms of where he plays in this offense and who potentially he takes place of. Yeah. And so I'd like for you to explain who you think potentially is missing out as a result of Demarcus Robinson being involved now in the Ravens offense. Well, we know that the Ravens are going with a new look receiving group uh, this year. Uh, Obviously, Hollywood Brown being traded to the Cardinals. The dominoes have kind of fallen a little bit. Yeah, Sammy Watkins here last year. He's now gone. He's in Green Bay now. Um, and so it's a new look group. So you got Rashad Bateman as your new number one guy at the receiver position. Um, you have Devin Duvernay, who's been your all pro. He was an all pro return man last year. He's going to finally get his opportunity to be a full time receiver. And then you have James Prochet, who, again, is another guy who ha- the Ravens have seemed like they have found every reason in the book to not throw James Prochet out there, but they don't have many reasons left. So <laughs> they don't have, they they don't don't have any, any yeah, reasons yeah. left. Many, yeah, any. Take yeah. the M off. It's yeah. any. And they, they don't have any uh, reasons anymore. Yes. And I like James. I've always liked James Prochet. Same. Uh, and I really like him this year. Um, now, the, he's hurt right now. That doesn't really bode well from him, but, for him. But I think once he gets back, this is a guy that I expect to be a big focal point in this offense. But you look at this receiving group, there's questions. There's big-time questions, and obviously DeMarcus Robinson was brought in 
initially as a depth guy. The Ravens have no depth behind their top three, arguably top four receivers if you want to count Tylen Wallace. Well, Demarcus Robinson doesn't count. Well, now I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm saying like before DeMar- like going into Prior the idea to, of bringing correct. him in. Right. Because all you had were a bunch of undrafted free agent receivers with no experience. And so yeah, we were looking at a situation before the Demarcus Robinson signing to where the Ravens would have been potentially depending on possibly two of these undrafted rookie receivers to make this team. And that's not a good situation to be in yeah. because it's inevitable that somebody's going to get a nick or a knack or banged up a little bit at some point throughout the course of this 17 game season It's just inevitable. Um, so they needed to have somebody with some sort of experience in this group. Demarcus Robinson gives you that. He's not necessarily a guy that's going to come in and be your new number one receiver, but he is a guy that has contributed on an NFL offense, a very, a very good passing attack, one of the best passing attacks, attacks in the league. Absolutely. That is in Kansas City. So obviously it's not great that he's cut by the Raiders before the second preseason game. That's never good. But when you look at what the Ravens gave him to come to Baltimore, I mean, they paid him more than the Raiders did. That's kind of unheard of. That lets you know, number one, that the Ravens are desperate at the wide receiver position. Yeah, think. And it lets you know <laughs> that they expect this guy to be here for the season. They yeah. expect him to crack the 53-man roster. Yes. So it got me thinking, like, okay, is this going to – is Demarcus Robinson going to be a guy that just rides the pine all year or, you know, a guy that is asked to maybe contribute here and there on special teams and is just, you know, he's out there every blue moon offensively? I think as we get through – as we go through the course of this season, especially as we get to the second half of the season, I honestly would not be surprised – if Demarcus Robinson is one of your top three wide receivers in this starting offense, when you look at his statistical numbers, he hasn't had any mind blowing seasons. Right. Uh, his best season was 2020, 45 catches, 466 yards, three touchdowns. But when you look at this receiving group, Devin Duvernay last year, 33 catches, 272 yards, two touchdowns. You look at Devin DuVernay over his career. I mean, last year was he got his first touchdown catches of his career last year. Granted, it was his second year uh, in the league, but this is just a guy that they haven't really put out there to be a, 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 a mainstay at the wide receiver posi- position in this offense. Yes. I would not be surprised if we're looking at Demarcus Robinson being the Devin DuVernay of this offense by the by the second half of the season. And what I mean by that is DeMarcus that Devin Duvernay will ultimately continue his return status. I think uh to start the year. I don't know to this point, but I think it's something to watch. Is will Devin Duvernay be a punt returner and kick returner? I expect him to do at least one. Right. He's a he's an all pro. You're not just going to completely take that aspect away from your team. But is he going to do both? and be a full-time wide receiver. I don't know. I, I don't expect him to do both and be a, 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 the starting wide receiver of, of this team. I expect him to do one, a one whether it's kickoff or punt return, and be the receiver. But as we go on, I just feel like Demarcus Robinson is going to be able to give them more of 
what they're looking for at the receiver position. He is the deep threat, same role that I expect Devin Duvernay to be. I don't look at Duvernay as like a possession-type receiver. He's not the best route runner, so that's one of the things that Duvernay has going against him. Demarcus Robinson can at least get open. Yes. We've seen it. Yes. So I, I really would not be surprised if we get to, say, week 9, week 10, or, but, but because I think that the Ravens have a bye week right in the middle of their schedule yes, right do. after the New Orleans game. So I would not be surprised if we get to the second half of the season after the bye week and we're looking at Demarcus Robinson being one of these starting three receivers next to uh, Rashad Bateman and James Prochet. I do think that you have make a valid point in the sense that DuVernay has a lot of other things and other responsibilities going on. So to to do all of those things plus make him a full-time receiver does feel like a lot of work that we're asking for him. I mean, I could easily make a case why Demarcus Robinson would be better than like a Tylon Wallace, mm-hmm. you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And that why that's not available. But with DuVernay's other responsibilities, which we know that Harbaugh is a special teams guy, so we know how how he feels about, you know, kick returners and punt returners. Right. So the importance of that is major. And you have that guy already. You do. You don't want to overextend a guy like that because you already view him as being an important part of your special teams. So that is valid because I, I, from a talent perspective, I didn't agree at yeah. first. But I think that that once you broke it down and said, okay, but yeah, this this guy has other stuff to do. Mm-hmm. He got, you can't put everything on his right. plate, so somebody right. else got to help him do these things. And you can still get Duvernay in a position where you know he can be involved in the offense to some regard, yeah. similar to last year, right? right? But you're you're right in the sense that um, you don't want to give him too much. And then you brought in this experienced guy mm-hmm. who has had you know ha- has done the work in you know what they quote unquote call sophisticated offenses, passing offenses like Kansas City. And so it t- it takes the pressure off of Duvernay in a sense to be, oh, this all te- all pro uh, special teamer, but then also this third wide receiver. Which look, he might want to be right. You know, I mean, it doesn't do anything but extend his money if he's yeah. able to do all of those things. Oh, no but- doubt. But I can also understand why the Ravens don't want to put all of that on his plate yeah. um, at this point. So you're right. Although, like I said, I can make an I can make a case why he's better than some other guys no on this doubt. roster. Oh yeah, I mean, you see, I completely jumped. I didn't. I didn't. You say didn't even Ty. mention. Yeah, you I mean, said James Prochet yeah. and Devin Duvernay. We yeah. ain't even bring up. I Tyler mean, I don't. Wallace. Yeah, I, I don't expect Tylen Wallace to be a guy that threatens Devin Duvernay's uh, spot Correct. at all, or, or James Prochet's spot. Um, I, I look at it honestly as a situation where Demarcus Robinson has the experience. And when you look at where Demarcus Robinson's season is kind of maxed out at, he's had he's had no more than four touchdowns in a season. Um, and like I said, 2020 was his highest catch total and yard total at 45 and 466. Do I think Devin Duvernay could do that? Sure. I think Devin Duvernay could go out there and get you 46 catches, get you over 400 yards, and get you four touchdowns. Sure. That's not nothing mind-blowing, but that was Demarcus Robinson as maybe like the fourth I think he was probably the fourth. Yeah, at minimum he was the fourth op In in that Kansas City offense. So I think if we're talking about this Ravens situation where, again, as I talk about all these guys in this Ravens offense, specifically in the passing game, the word I continue to use is efficient. 
the Ravens aren't going to be a volume passing team. Right. They thrive off efficiency. You look at Lamar's MVP year. The Ravens were one of the best teams. They led the league in passing touchdowns that year, but not in uh pass pass rank, not in yard total. So or or even attempts. So they're not going to be a team that's going to ever go out there, and I'm not going to say ever because at times they're forced to do that by game flow. But on average, the Ravens don't want to have a 35 to 40 pass attempt type of game. It's not their style. Right. But I do think that they're a team that thrives off of efficiency. Being able to depend on Yak, which is one of the biggest reasons why I think Marquise Brown never really met his max potential in this offense no. is because he was never a yak guy. No, that was on his that was Oh on yeah, him. that's on him. Okay. That, that, yeah, I just want to be clear. Yeah. Like he wasn't a yak guy because he right. chose to go out of bounds right. and chose not to get the extra yak. That's, no doubt. That's 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 no <laughs> he, doubt. He gotta be held accountable. I mean, but for you that. look you look at Mark Andrews, it's a lot of catch and run yes. with Mark Andrews. Yes. Even Rashad Bateman last year. Rashad Bateman was a lot of catch and run. That's what this offense depends on. Guys being able to make plays after the catch. And that's the one thing that I do think Devin DuVernay has going for him. Yes. Uh, as an all-pro returner, he has, as a return man, and especially as an all-pro, it shows that you can make things happen when you get the ball in your hands. Yep. So I think that Devin DuVernay will still remain a big part of this offense because I think he has some dynamic playmaking ability once he gets in the open field with the ball in his hands. But if we're talking about just being a wide receiver, getting open, running routes, reading coverages, knowing where what, area, what areas in the zone are the soft areas to sit in and stuff like that, I just don't know if he's going to be able to be that guy going forward. And I think that in the Raven, in the back of the Ravens mind, when they signed Demarcus Robinson, it, it, it was to kind of, as the year goes on to give him a bigger piece of responsibility in this receiving game. Yeah. And I think that that's fair. I think, I think that you, you do want to get, take some pressure off of the young guy and allow somebody else to kind of fill in his shoes and, and do some things that, you know, he, would be able to do but you don't want to put too much on them so that is a fair a very very fair point um I I do I'm interested to see how this offense because I I think you and I both agree um that the tight ends are going to be really used heavily but how they'll you know use guys like a Prochet and a Demarcus Williams Mm -hmm. along with Rashad Bateman um because at the end of the day you still need wide receivers on the field as much as we love the tight ends that they have here you still need um and you got to be able to get something from your tight ends I mean from your wide receivers that are going to be on the field I think Rashad Bateman will be able to have the type of year that everybody's looking for I I think he's definitely capable to be a number one guy he's got all the talent in the world he's a big guy he can run he can get open he knows how to run routes he can catch yeah um it's just for me with Rashad Bateman my biggest thing is consistency Uh, and not putting too much pressure on yourself I feel like that's kind of been one of his biggest things this offseason as to why we've seen him drop some of the passes that we've seen him drop in practice or have some of the down days that we've seen from him in practice I truly believe it's a lot of mental with Rashad and just putting more pressure on himself than he should it's a lot of responsibility obviously it's a new role for him he's yep. coming in as the number one guy and it's no secret about the Ravens have been searching for a wide receiver forever 
and it's no secret that everybody thinks that wide receivers can't flourish in this offense. It's no secret that everybody believes that the Ravens, that no wide receiver wants to come play in Baltimore because they don't feel like that the Ravens system will be able to make them look good. will get them the numbers that'll get them to that payday. And I think Rashad Bateman kind of takes all that responsibility, so to speak on himself to kind of be the example, like watch what I do. You know, I I'm, I'm going to go out here. I'm going to have the pro bowl season as a receiver. I'm going to go out here. I'm going to be the receiver that everybody swears that the Ravens don't have yeah. or can't get. Yeah. And, and I think he just kind of needs to simplify it a little bit. Obviously he didn't tell me all this. This is just from my eye test because when you see a guy that, you know, can you know his talent level you know how good he is and then you see him kind of making some uncharacteristic mistakes out there it's like it's got to be between the ears it's not he can't do it he's not capable to do it it's simply a mental thing so I think Rashad Bateman once he mellows out and gets into a a, a comfortable situation and is just like living in the moment playing for that play not trying to you know necessarily need to be the 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 showstopper yeah. every day I, I think Rashad Bateman will be just fine for the sake of, of 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 just saying this I like the Demarcus Robinson signing simply because now you do have a veteran wide receiver on this team I felt like Rashad Bateman is getting a whole lot of responsibility mm-hmm. that he does not necessarily deserve or maybe not even it's ready for in his second year and having a wide receiver that's a veteran um, and has been successful in his tenure you know in terms of playing with Kansas City and stuff allows him to still get some some he could still get some leadership but also be able to blossom in his role as you know the projected wide receiver leader of the core which is crazy when you think about yeah. it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah all right guys um if you like what you're hearing remember to subscribe to the winning drive podcast subscribe Sub- hit that subscribe button so every time a new episode drops you will be the first to know all right finally so we talked about the wide receivers mm-hmm. but let's talk about the tight ends because obviously we know that the tight ends are what's going to make this team go yeah the way that the ravens have drafted and we know what they did in 2019 with the tight end situation and so with that is the uh emergence i should say of isaiah likely Mm -hmm. And um, you've heard a lot of things about him. You've people have raved about him. You and I have seen him. Um, and, you know, the sky is literally just the limit. Or, or what is it that Michael Jordan says? The ceiling is the roof or something. The roof is the ceiling. Something that he, <laughs> he said something to that recall. He said something that the only ceiling makes is the roof or something Jordan. like that. Yeah. So the ceiling is the roof for uh, Isaiah likely. Yeah. So, um, I just wanted to get your thoughts on how you view Isaiah Likely in being an intricate part of this offense. Well, I've been a big Isaiah Likely uh, fan really from day one, ever since they drafted him. Uh, I mean, once I got to look at his highlights from Coastal Carolina, I immediately saw a guy that I thought was going to turn out to be a beast in this Ravens offense. Uh, You mentioned it, how much they love the tight ends, but you watch his film. He looks like a receiver out there. Um, So he's definitely going to be a guy that I think gets a lot of mismatches uh, in coverage, which if you're the Ravens, you love it. 
Mark Andrews already presents that mismatch in the middle of the field. But when you add Isaiah Likely into that mix um, and you got both of these guys going down the the middle portion of the football field, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. And I think it's going to set up for a lot of guys in this offense to get one-on-one opportunities. Guys like Bateman are going to get one-on-one opportunities. Uh, I think Prochet is going to be left on islands in the short and intermediate game. I think Isaiah Likely is going to get a lot of one-on-one chances as well because the the, the book's out on Mark Andrews. Nobody, Everybody knows where the Ravens want to go with the ball in the pass game. Now, can they stop it? That's another story. <laughs> That's yet to be seen. But they do know where the ball is going. So I would imagine that they're going to have Mark Andrews swarming with defenders this year. Uh, We'll see if that slows them down any bit. But adding two defenders to Mark Andrews is only going to open it up for Isaiah Likely, who's going to be running right behind him. And we saw what he did in the Cardinals preseason game. Eight catches, 100 yards, a touchdown. That's in the first half. Yes. You know, I mean, the dude was just such a beast. And at at times I'm looking like, is that Mark Andrews out there running (laughs) around? Like, what is he doing in the game right now? But it was Isaiah Likely. And, you know, and a lot of people were wondering, like, why is he still in the game? Tell yeah, That like, was I, me. You know, like, get, get you, him you out. Can, you can talk to me directly. Yeah. I said <laughs> well, you, Rita, it. You damn right you, I you, did. You were one of the people I was. yelling at the Ravens to get him out the game. And I'm not even saying you're wrong. But, you know, you look at it and it's like, okay, while he is a beast and we know he's a beast, he's still a rookie. And it's one thing to make plays in practice and it's another to make game, make plays in the game. And you want to see that. And as good as Isaiah likely has been to us, it's for these coaches, they want to be, and for him, for Isaiah likely himself, I think he needs to be able to see that he can put on the type of performance we saw Sunday night in a game. And I think talking to Harps, he felt the same way. Good players tend to play well when they get opportunities, you know. Usually the guys that you know, don't do as much in preseasons because they don't get a shot, don't get a chance. So to see, it, to see the balls come his way and him to make the plays, that's, yeah, that's what you want to see as a coach. I honestly believe that Isaiah Likely's emergence is going to be the thing that, that is almost going to kind of, when we look back on it, it's going to kind of be like the thing that the Ravens may have needed. Honestly, you look at this team, the Ravens have kind of fizzled out once they get to the playoffs. They have the dominant running game throughout the season, and they have the passing game to get them by. But when they get to the postseason and Every the running time. game isn't there, the passing game isn't what they needed to be. And I think Isaiah likely could be that missing link in the chain that we didn't even know that the Ravens needed. I completely agree. Um, in 2019, you had, you, you had the situation, obviously, um, with the two tight ends. And it was beneficial. Um, but I think Isaiah likely is an upgrade mm-hmm. at this point. Um, so I think he's a little bit more athletic. Um, I think that, you know, he got a, he, he's a faster runner. He doesn't have the blocking aspect right. of it. I don't care about that, though, because he's not there to block anyway. Mm-hmm. If you want a blocker, you got Nick Boyle. He'll be there to do it for you. You know, you got other guys that will do the, right. the dirty work. He is there to get the passes. And um and and who I'm referring to is Hayden Hurst. I apologize yeah. uh from when he was drafted. And and I this is no disrespect to Hayden Hurst because he was a big part of what that offense is. Mm-hmm. Was, excuse me. But Hayden Hurst, I think Isaiah Likely is an upgrade in terms of, of his athleticism um from Hayden Hurst. Although Hayden Hurst could block 
Um, okay, so fine, you know. Uh, and and he had his role there as well. I, I, again, I'm not interested in in that part. Can he chip? Look, just chip for me. Yeah. If he can do that, I ain't really asking him to hold nobody up for three seconds. I'm asking him to just kind of, hey, man, get somebody for a second and then right. release yourself and, and get open in between coverages. If you can do the little things like that in addition to what he's already done that we've seen, mm-hmm. that would be fantastic. And I love the fact that you got people that are saying, well, he's only doing this against second and third stringers. But you and I have seen him do this yeah. against guys that are going to be starters on defense come mm-hmm. week one. Isaiah likely is a problem. Yeah. And John Harbaugh thinks that he can fly under the radar. There is no radar to fly under. I promise you, Harbs. Teams are already knowing well, yeah, about the cat's who out this the guy is. The cat is out you, the you, bag. You get eight catches in a, in a buck and a touchdown and in the first half. And I don't think he had half. that many snaps to begin with. No, I mean, it, it was really... That drive was the Isaiah Likely drive. Yep. I mean, he dominated that entire drive. Yep. It was it was it was great to see. And you're right, we've seen it all throughout camp. I was not surprised to see him do what he did. It was more so I was I was hi- I was happy. I was excited to finally see him unleashed because in practice they're not hitting. So the one thing that we did get to see differently from Isaiah Likely in that game was his yak ability. Yep. Him breaking the tackles. The touchdown was so good to me because he finds the soft spot in the zone. Number one, it was so Mark Andrews-esque because you know where the ball's going. Like I said, he'd been getting the ball the entire drive. Yep. So you already knew it was going to 80. But he finds the soft spot in the zone. He makes the catch. He throws the defender off of him. And then he drags like two guys with him into the end zone. But all that that entire drive, you saw Isaiah likely breaking tackles. You saw him getting the yards after catch. You saw him making the tough catches in traffic. That's the type of stuff that translates no matter who you're playing against. I don't care if you're playing against a scout team. Yep. If you're if you're doing that kind of stuff on a regular basis, that's going to work. And you touched on Hayden Hurst. Like, I don't know. I, I, to be honest with you, I think that the Ravens have kind of been chasing the ghost of Hayden Hurst well, since he left. Well, you know, until they finally and listen, got like I I was a person that felt very strong about trading Hayden Hurst to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I understood that he wanted an opportunity to be the guy because right. Mark Andrews had did that while he was out on that foot injury. I'm completely understanding of his position. I'm sorry. You don't get to run things around here. I, look, I get everybody likes to say the Ravens are a world-class organization because, you know, they listen to us and all that other stuff. I'm not listening to you, Hayden Hurst. Sit your ass down <laughs> and do your job here until your contract run up. And that's what it would have been for mm-hmm. me. Okay? You to call me everything but a child of God, it would have been fine. But guess what? You are a part of this offense, and this is what you would have done. So I agree with you in that regard. They let Hayden Hurst go, and I told everybody, when that happened, because everybody was saying, well, Mark Andrews is the guy. You do you you don't know what Hurst does in the mis- mm-hmm. mis- ma- excuse me, mismatches that he causes mm-hmm. and allows Andrews to get open. That's the right. part that y'all didn't get. And then when he was gone, then you saw the, what was missing. All of a sudden, the Ravens needed a move tight in again. Well, you had one. Well, you had one. You had and, one. Tra- and, and you traded him away because they asked you to. Well, I'm not doing it because you asked me to. Okay? The, Ravens, the Ravens do that a lot, it seems like, trading guys away simply because they asked to be traded i don't i I mean i'm 
I'm hey, it, you know, if you can get a good return in back, the Marquise Brown right, situation, I'm not even mad at because right. of the return that they right. got, right? right? But the Hayden Hurst one, hey, sir, sit down and go ahead and look at that playbook. And that's what I would have said. They'll get to see a lot of Hayden Hurst now. He's out in He's Cincinnati, Cincinnati, so yeah. that you know, that's twice a year now. You'll yep. get to go up against Hayden Hurst and him in that offense. We saw what CJ Uzoma did with the Bengals, who's now with the Jets. Yep, uh, I think Hayden Hurst could be better for them than what CJ Uzoma d- uh, was. But that said, I do think I. Isaiah likely is definitely the, like I said, he's the missing piece that I think that they needed. And he's why I'm so confident in this, in this uh, passing attack going into this year. I'm trying to temper expectations because I is don't want to be that guy. That? Is it hard though? Yeah, it is. Because, because you I see, see the potential. On, right. And I see him on a regular basis yep. and it's like, okay, like while he is doing what I see him do every day, it's like, I got to still take into account it's preseason. Yes. They're not hitting in practice. So I understand that. And I think once we get into the games, I'm what I'm mostly intrigued to see is how, how his target share in these games. I'm not talking about week one. I'm talking about, you know, after we get a couple games under our belt, let's see about five games in what his target share is at that time. Because I would be really surprised if he's not at least the third most targeted guy on this offense, like if you, if we're talking, I'm big in a fantasy football If we're talking fantasy football aspect. There's not a lot of tight ends out there that you can depend on in fantasy. And I'm not saying put all your eggs into the Isaiah likely basket, because <laughs> obviously Mark Andrews is still in Baltimore. And as long as 89 is on the field, he's the guy. Yep. I'm not saying draft and make a backup tight end, your number one guy, but I'm just saying, in a deep in in these deep leagues, these twelve and sixteen man fantasy leagues, where you got the flex option right there, and they and if these leagues allow, which I would hope because I cannot stand fantasy leagues that don't allow the tight end to be a part of your flex, if they <laughs> allow the uh, your flex to be a tight end, Isaiah likely would be a guy that I'm genuinely looking at. Honestly, maybe not to start the season, right? But I'm telling you, as we get to the midpoint and these guys get more into a flow, I really would not be surprised if Isaiah likely is the guy that we're talking about. Is kind of like the 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 steal in fantasies that under the radar guy that is so cheap and a guy that you could stash on your team that you want to have in emergency situations. So if you are listening and you play fantasy, look, I don't know how many rounds do, does fantasy you know. It depends. Have. I don't on, play. It, it, uh, I don't. I'm too I don't petty know for the fantasy top football. Of the head, uh, but you you know you know most fantasy leagues you get the one quarterback, you get the two running backs, you get the uh, the the two receivers. Um, you get the flex, the defense, and the kicker. That's eight. And then you get maybe like four or five bench spots. So that's like 12? Like, like 12, 13 rounds, something All right, like that. So maybe like in the later rounds, yeah. 11, 12 A bench guy, uh, definitely if you're get looking to Isaiah get a bench Isaiah likely guy. because you yeah. might need him down the stretch. Just being and, honest. And he might, I'm not going to say he's going to win you a championship. I'm not saying that because Mark Andrews is still the guy mm-hmm. for the Baltimore Ravens. However, if need be, I think Isaiah likely can stand up for the challenge. And you get into those red zone packages Absolutely. where they're putting the big bodies on the field. Number and everybody's going to go to 89. Gonna, yep. They're so, going to 89. Yeah. 80 is going to be there. Yep. That's why I, I said I expect Rashad Bateman to get 8 to 10 touchdowns. I think a lot of his are going to be red zone guys like – I think that the Ravens, you look at that 2019 year, the Ravens were one of the, if not the best 
offense in football in the red zone. Right. They got in the red zone and you couldn't stop them. Number one, because any effective offense in the red zone has to be able to run the ball. Yep. Obviously, that's the Ravens bread and butter. But it was the play action, the ability to do the play. You think of that Rams game uh, where they completely blew the doors off the Rams out in L.A. The Ravens were living in the in the red zone and just so many touchdowns from Lamar came in the red zone. Easy, wide open Hollywood Easy. Brown, wide open Hayden Hurst, wide open Mark Andrews. Like that's just what you saw. And I think that we're going to be able to see a lot of that this year. I completely agree. All right, that leads us to end this week's well, this Tuesday's this edition. Tuesday. You know, we're gonna be back well, winning draft. And they're we'll getting it Wednesday. You know, they're getting yeah. it Wednesday morning. So yes. you know, we, we 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 pulling the night shift for you guys so y'all could oh, wake up in the morning and, and, and go out and listen <laughs> listen to us during the rush hour. Absolutely. So we'll be back for Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh we'll preview the upcoming game against the commanders. If you guys don't know. Cordell is a Commanders fan. I'm going to tell everybody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> so, you know, Commanders fan covering Baltimore Ravens yeah. uh, football. It's going to be a busy weekend. He's for very me. objective about it, and I appreciate that about him. So we will talk about the the pre gaming situation for the Ravens and Commanders. Are you going to the game? I will. Okay, you'll be there. Okay, so we'll talk about what we expect to see um, and who we expect to, to shine because mm-hmm. literally you're down to the wire now. Yeah. Cuts are coming literally next week so there's some guys that's gonna have to do a whole lot just to make sure that they stay on this roster come august 30th and we will talk about that on the next episode thanks so much guys for listening to winning drive